power on. The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Technica podcast feed. It's TIE Fighter Renegades, a Star Wars podcast. Ooh, the man of tomorrow is here for you, the Golden Stallion, ready for some TIE Fighter Renegades. And I am overcome, not with the Force, <laughs> but with something, because I am not alone this time. I am being joined by none other than my brother, Robin Freebeard. Rob, man, welcome back to TIE Fighter Renegades, baby. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And... Well, you know, I, I've been doing some solo episodes recently, just covering kind of episode by episode. Um, we had some fans request, like more episode by episode or something in that that that, that, that timber right. uh, uh, reviews of the shows. And so, you know, I was kind of getting that out. But I kept telling everybody in those episodes, I said, don't worry, Rob's going to be on and we're going to do a whole season overview. And we're going to talk about this beast, even though we did, we, we reviewed one, two, and three. Yeah, Arts we did. One, two, and three. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our original intention was to, to do every episode, but, you know, unfortunately, just life gets in the way yes. sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, okay, so we're talking about Star Wars Ahsoka, of course, and this was a show, I mean, let's just open this up. One of the weird things about this was, now, I mean, the marketing was clever in calling it, what was it, Tano Tuesday? Right, like Taco Tuesday. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, on social media, it'd always be hashtag Tano Tuesday, and I was like, oh, that, that's clever, and that's probably why, because originally this series was supposed to premiere and air new episodes on Wednesdays, um, but then they switched it to Tuesdays for the Tano Tuesday thing, yeah. which I, that's fine marketing. I have no problem with that. What I did think was weird was that they wouldn't release it until 9 p.m. Yeah, on Tuesday. Yeah. And I get what they're trying to do here. Disney is trying to bring back that must-see TV feeling, Exactly. Right? I was just going to say they were trying to bring back sort of like the legacy format or at least yes. the feeling of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, for varying reasons, and I think we can talk about this a little bit more now that the, the, the show, or at least the first season, we're going to talk about that. Does that mean there's a second season? We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like... You know, now that this is all said and done, we can get into this point about it. This is another scenario, and I appreciate it that they called them not episodes, but they called them parts. Part one, part two, part three, part four, part five, part six, seven, and eight, right? Right. Because this should have been a movie, straight up. Just like Obi-Wan, I think this should have been a movie. Um, I think anybody's real problems with pacing and some of these other, a lot of the criticisms that have been, there's criticisms that I think are valid. And we're going to get into those, all right? I don't think this is all sunshine and rainbows. Right. But um, I do think one of the biggest issues, in, and we've talked about this in the past, is the streaming shows are really, they're made like movies. And, in fact, most of the time, they're even bringing in movie directors, not TV directors, which is a very different beast. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're bringing in movie Although directors. that line is beginning more blurred it ever is. since streaming started. It is, it is. But at the same time, I still think it comes down to where, and it's part of the reason that seasons of shows have gone from, you know, 22 to 24 season or episodes per season, like you'd imagine with Stargate mm -hmm. uh, or with, you know, the next Star Trek, the next generation and so on. Um, why they've shrunk so much, part of the reason I think they've shrunk so much is because now they, again, they are made like movies. In yeah. fact, I think even the production 
it's not just the production value, but the production schedule and all that is, right. is done like movies. And you feel it. And this is another yes. show where I, I think I, I felt it. I No, I could completely agree. In fact, I was going to say, like, this is like, it's not the first time this has happened, but this yeah. has been the most pronounced time where it's happened where I'm like, this whole 10 or 8 episode seasons are a problem. Yes. They're not enough. Yeah, and I don't think even... You know, binge watching isn't necessarily even the resolution. Like, no. I, I think these things should just be movies. And um, you and I have talked separately, you know, off mic in the past about how, yeah, there's things in these shows, in, in Ahsoka in particular, where like, okay, you didn't have to show us that. Like, you could have just told us that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. We, we, we didn't have to have this. And, and, and in fact, because we were really saying... You could have spent the time better doing other things, showing us other right, things. Right, right. Well, I mean, I could go either way. Like, you know, yes, this def- this you know, the the season of Fasoka could have been a movie. Mm-hmm. I could also go the other way and say, if I had to choose between a movie or a twenty-two or twenty-four episode season, I think I might go with this the twenty-four episodes. Like, yeah, either either do a lot mm-hmm. or make it really dense and make it like a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think another issue here is this is how you can justify the budget for these things is by having them be on a tighter schedule. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, in the old days, as it were, um, and I didn't learn about this until like, you know, thank you, physical discs. Uh, I watched so many specials about how Star Trek was made over its, you know, massive 20 year run there in the 90s and early aughts. Um, but they would talk about how, OK, no, the reason we would do two parter episodes is so that we could take the budget for we'd have the budget of two episodes for one story. And that's why you would do that. And I think that's also a big part of what's going on here is that, OK, we only have, I don't know, whatever. 80 million or something to make we we can't make 20 episodes out of 80 million so we're going to we're going to have to make it eight episodes you know and that's then that's the money that we've got have you been watching that series on amazon um the center seat i have not no okay yeah oh oh, i i do have the blu-ray though okay yeah that's a star trek series yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's a documentary about the making of of actually all of the star trek shows yeah shout factory i think it was came out with the blu-rays gates mcfadden is is kind of like the um you know the person who's um doing the voiceover and everything dynamite she's amazing she is yeah yeah okay i was just i was wondering that because i i'm actually in the middle of watching that right now i'm really Uh enjoying it okay well i'm we'll review it because i will get to watching that at some point um but yeah, I imagine that that's going to provide some color on that as well. Yeah. I mean, let's be clear here. Star Trek was the gold standard of television science fiction and how to make it. Um, and I think any time, you know, like... I mean, could, it was... It wasn't just the gold standard, but it was like the only standard. I mean, it's, for a long it time. set the standard. Yes. From the beginning. Yes. For a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, because before then, what you got mostly in science fiction were, you know, serials that would play in front of a movie. Yeah, right. Right. No, you're totally right. Uh, I mean, yeah, certainly when the original series came out, I mean, that just brought everything up to 10. It made science fiction television viable as to where before it was not. Yep. Uh, You're you're completely right about that. And And it was a huge risk at the time. Yes. I mean, um, you know, Lucille Ball pretty much put everything on the line to, to, to make it happen. And she didn't even really make any money off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, totally. I mean, we absolutely have her to thank, you know, for that. In fact, like your point is, we don't only have her to thank for Star Trek, you know, as a whole, really. 
you know, but also science fiction television. And by right. proxy, we have her to thank for Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah, know? no, I mean, like, we wouldn't have Babylon 5. We I can't imagine that world. Yeah, 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 we would have the Expanse. Right, right. You know. Yeah, all like, the... I mean, I mean, arguably, I could even say within, like, you know, the last 20 years, some of the best science fiction television has been on TV and not in movies. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Though I'll say this, getting back to, you know, Ahsoka, um, not only do I think this was made like a film, like, I, I think this should have been put in theaters. Um well, it was. It for, was for some episodes. Yeah, oh, there was. They, they had very sh- select showings. Okay. And like, you had to basically be at your computer pressing F five. Yeah. To, to get tickets. To get the tickets. Yeah. Because they were gone like that. Yeah. Okay. So th- yeah, this kind of thing happens. Like this used to be a deal with uh, with like Doctor Who, where some episodes would be in theaters in New York City and everything. Like I remember these days. Um, yeah. So, well, all the same, like. And, and and this is, I guess, to kind of kick off our review. My feeling is, up until episode or up until part seven and eight, I, I want to refrain from saying episode seven and eight because episode is a term that's very particular in the Star Wars fandom, right? You don't want to use that too uh, too flippantly because <laughs> when you say episode one, that means something completely different. Right, to right. I mean, to, <laughs> technically, you can't even talk about new episodes of Star Wars because. Disney has decided that's done with. Right, right. Uh, the sad part is, and, and here's here's kind of kicking off the review, uh, I think this should have been the movie that we got. This should have been episode seven. This should have been... Oh, for sure. Like this, yeah. this, this is the true follow-up to Return of the Jedi. Yes. In every way. Yes. Um, I mean, I know some of the criticisms are that you had to have... People felt like you had to have some knowledge of previous works to do this. Uh, and, and I can kind of agree with that. We'll get into some of those criticisms, I think. Um, because, like, why should anybody care about Thrawn? I don't think the show gave people any reason to be worried about no, Thrawn. No. Um, yeah, th- th- there's something definitely to be said about, you know, Thrawn's depiction in this series. Yeah. I would say it's even a step down from his appearance in Rebels. Right. No, I, I, I concur with that. Um, but that's the thing is, people, like, this show did nothing to explain to people why you should give a shit about this guy. Right. I would even argue that Rebels gave you, it gave you more, but it gave you very little reason it, it to was, give a shit. Yeah, exactly. It was nowhere yeah. up to, you know, the, the original Thrawn trilogy. Right, right. Now, you could, you could say, okay, maybe you could get away with it. And why? Because, you know, when you look at the Star Wars celebration from the year before Rebels Season 3, when Thrawn was introduced into the new canon, uh, you know, the reaction when you saw him in the trailer at Star Wars Celebration, I mean, you can go watch videos of that. Like, I haven't heard a pop like that since Stone Cold Steve Austin came out in a, in a WWE ring. I mean, like, I mean, people were screaming. I was pretty sure there were there were bras and male male panties getting tossed onto the stage when Thrawn came out. The only thing that I can think that, you know, comes close to that was when um, I got to see the uh, teaser trailer for The First Awakens oh, yeah. at Celebration. And, and it ends with, you know, Han saying to Chewie, you know, Chewie, you're home. Yeah. Which that was like, at the time, you know, we didn't know the movie was going to be shit. Right. But at the time, that was like as close, I could say, as I've ever come to a religious experience. Yeah, right, right. No, totally. And and I know the reaction for seeing Thrawn to be in Rebels Season 3, which Rebels was kind of the premier Star Wars property at the time. People might forget that. Um, 
you know, that, that was a huge pop. And so I could see where Filoni could say, no, look at how these people reacted. They know who Thrawn is. We yeah. don't have to. We introduced him yeah. to people. They, they don't need to know. When That's not true. And I would even go so far, as great as Timothy Zahn's six books have been that are in the new canon that cover Thrawn specifically, you still don't get that essence like the original Heir to the Empire trilogy. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because this week I actually watched an interview with Timothy Zahn regarding okay. his thoughts on Ahsoka. And oh, that had to be gold. I'll have to watch yeah, that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I don't think he's seen it yet. Oh, okay. But he's he, the, the, he was definitely able to talk about, you know, his thoughts on Rebels. Yeah. And how Thrawn is depicted here. So, I, you know, unfortunately, I guess even Timothy Zahn doesn't quite get Thrawn the way we do anymore because his opinion was that Filoni totally gets the character and it's totally consistent with his thoughts on Thrawn. Yeah, I'm just shaking my head here. Yeah, I know. I I agree with you, but I I do have to, like, you know, give voice to the author that created him. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, credit where it's due, Filoni and Favreau both conversed with Zahn saying, hey, are we getting this right? Right. You know, and thank you for doing that, of course. Um, Yeah, yeah, fuck, you know, I mean, Zahn's such a great writer. And again, me personally, and this is just my opinion, I'm speaking for myself completely, you know, I, I've come right out and said on this show, I've said that I think Timothy Zahn made Star Wars great. You know, not, yeah. not even yeah. George Lucas. Yeah. Um, and maybe Zahn doesn't even get the narrative that he put out there. Again, it's Sherlock Holmes well, you in know, space. That's all he is. Here again, there was something else that was weird during this interview. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I don't get the impression that Zahn is really a Star Wars sweaty like we are. Probably not. Because he's like throwing out ideas for pitches in regards to stories he would want to do with like you know snoke in the unknown regions wow and i'm like and he's talking about his ways like wait does he not understand that snoke is just palpatine yeah right. does he not know that right admittedly the language around all that is very confusing but but i'm with you i'm with you you know all right quick side tangent because you raise an interesting point okay what are, let me ask you this, what are the two best shows, live action shows, that Disney has put out uh, in their tenure uh, for Star Wars? Andor and Andor? Or and, Andor and Ahsoka, right? Or Andor and Andor, <laughs> yeah. No, okay, that's fair. <laughs> I would say it's Andor and Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that the, the first two seasons of, of The Mandalorian were great, too. I mean, yeah. I, I, I put Ahsoka... Uh, about where I put, you know, season one and two of, of, of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, you, your, I mean, your answer, your first answer is actually perfect. So Andor and Andor. All right, let, let's just say, what's the best show they've done? It's Andor. Yeah. And, and no, most Star Wars fans, down. I think, would agree. Yeah, yes. like, it's, right. it's not even close. Right. Okay, so here's the weird-ass thing. You have, you know, like, if Zahn doesn't really know Star Wars, I mean, he had to invent half of it. Yeah. Back in the day. Him and West End. Well, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Like, he got most of his information from the West End role-playing game. Right, right. And everything else, he basically had to And, and the up. stuff that he was getting, like, it was like the first edition, which was only a few books at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he even sort of had to make up what the Clone Wars were, because, look, folks, George Lucas didn't fucking know. No. He had no idea what yeah. the Clone Wars were. <laughs> right. And we know that for multiple reasons. And that's fine. He changed And it. I can tell you that, like, from at the time, back, mm-hmm. you know, in the 90s, I recall that... What Zahn thought the Clone Wars were was what we all thought the Clone Wars was. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's not even, say, what 
Kenner originally was going to make the Clone Wars be, right? With, was it Anzati Prime or, or, no. I can't think of the guy's name. He's, they, they were going to have that, the epic continues. That yeah, line, right. Which basically the Clone Wars was going to come back. Right. Uh, which uh, they took some of the, come back. yeah, they took some of the designs for those and used them in Dark Empire. Yes. Yeah. For like the Sovereign Protectors. Right. And else. Yeah. So, um, but here's the funny thing, all right? So let's run with your premise that Zahn might not know Star Wars that well. The scary part for me is, is that the best people that have made Star Wars are people who don't know Star Wars. That includes Tony Gilroy. I was just going to say that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I can, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. And because I thought it was bullshit that they had Tony Gilroy come in and take over uh, for Gareth Edwards, you know, on Rogue One. And yeah. Rewrites and everything. Yeah. But then at the same time, holy shit, am I so glad that Tony Gilroy came into Star Wars. Right. I mean, I, I will say that my biggest problem with Gilroy wasn't that he was brought on and that he wasn't a Star Wars fan. It was more the attitude. Yes. And you know, for yeah. us, attitude is everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, totally. So like he just, he just came off the wrong way. Yes. Came but off I'm, as a dick. Yeah. 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 And maybe he is a dick. You don't have to be a nice person to be a good Star Wars writer. Right. Right. Yeah. No. That, well, that's true. You don't have to be as someone who is friends with Harlan Ellison. Let me tell you to be a great writer. You don't have to be a nice guy. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, yes. I, I'm with you on that. And, and you can still love the people too. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm willing to give everybody a second chance. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So that's interesting. And it, it really proves what star Wars is. It's just the ultimate sandbox. Um, and there's some points that even in my solo reviews that I've done so far of Ahsoka that I haven't gotten into that I'm kind of curious to get your takes on because I think there are a lot there's a lot of pull in from other franchises um, other sagas that are not Star Wars uh, in this show very deliberate some of which we're not surprised by say Lord of the Rings others mm -hmm. I think have been going on since the beginning of the Mandalorian and, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about that you know, I want uh, to come back to something you just said, though, please. and that saying that Star Wars is the ultimate sandbox, because I've seen the criticism lately, and I don't understand it, and that people's complaint seems to be like, oh, well, Filoni and Favreau's Star Wars uh, seems to be like them just getting together and mashing action figures together. And I'm like, great. That's what we've been doing. I this know. Whole time. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, you know, do you have you not watched Star Wars? Do you not get it? This is why we all bought three and a quarter, you know, uh, uh, action figures. Yeah, from, right. From every that's franchise. why the, the action figures were sold out before they even <laughs> hit the shelves. Yes, that's exactly what you do. That is how you make Star Wars: is you mash action figures together. Anyway, okay. So <laughs> these, these are people who did not live during the dark times, uh, which Zahn saved us from. Right. Uh, and Thrawn saved us, saved us from. Um, so, okay. <laughs> but it's an interesting point to bring up, that maybe what Star Wars really needs to be great, truly, truly great, like Andor, and like the original Heir to the Empire trilogy was, um, which I think, I don't think it, anybody would argue, okay, if you asked what are the greatest Star Wars books ever written, or even just one of them, Heir to the Empire would come out at the top of every list. You know, if it included old, old, uh, you know, the, the old EU and the new canon, yeah. it doesn't matter. That's going to come up at the top of the list for every single human being. And somebody says differently, they're lying. Right. Or, or they've just never read a book. Right. Uh, so so it, does, it does make you wonder, is that maybe this really does need fresh blood, you know, at, at, at a lot of points. I... I... I agree with you, but at the same time, I think it also still needs a strong central vision. Yes. Yeah. No, and you I need think, a plan. Totally. Yeah. And yes. I think I think 
Filoni provides that in spades. Yes. Yeah, what he lacks perhaps in writing or perhaps in directing or something like that. I'm yeah. not necessarily saying he's bad at those either. Well, he's, he I mean, whether or not he's good or bad or is, is, is kind of irrelevant, in my opinion, because he's still new at it. Yes. He's, he's pro he is great at directing animated, but the production process for animation and live action are completely different beasts. Yes, just like we were talking about with movies earlier. Right. right? It's a very different situation. But it's even more different than the difference between television and movies. Right, right. But take all, all that aside, as long as you have a vision, you can get away with it. You mentioned Babylon 5 earlier. It's easy to say, and watch that show now that, that originally aired in the 90s, and look at it and go, wow, that acting was rough. Ooh, that dialogue. Oh, those effects. Oh, this. It doesn't fucking matter. The vision was so on point that at the end of the ride, you're just like, oh, yo, that was amazing. You know, and it's all because of that vision. Vision's right. everything. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Like having a plan, having a set plan, you know, beginning, middle, end, the whole thing. That's what matters. Um, okay, yeah. So that, that's a good point to bring up on that. Um, so my, you know, again, starting off kind of our, our thoughts, overall thoughts of, of Ahsoka. Um, my point was this is really the movie we should have gotten um, like this, this should have been the direct follow-up to Return of the Jedi. It should not have been whatever the hell you know was done with the sequel trilogy. That's not to say that this was perfect. It was not perfect, um, but a lot of what was done within it really was. Uh, and so, if you had kind of a broad overview of your thoughts, I mean, I can't think of a greater compliment I could give to something than to say this should have been the follow-up to Return of the Jedi. How, how much, you know, what grander could I yeah. say about something? Yeah, and the, how about you? the second biggest compliment, which I can give, is uh, if we don't get a season two, we riot. <laughs> <laughs> Message me with that. I was like, yeah, all right, you're right. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I guess we could talk about that for a second. We're, without a doubt, you know, you were going to wait at least two years yeah. because of the strikes and everything um, to see a potential season two. And it is still somewhat in the air. If, if we're going to see that. Yeah. Um, you know, I brought up in the last TIE Fighter Renegades, I had mentioned how on social media, people freaked the fuck out because when the last episode, when part eight was going to air, they did that post that said, or Disney, both the official Star Wars Instagram account and the official Ahsoka Instagram account, both use the same language. And they said this, the series finale. And everybody on Instagram was messaging saying, or, you know, commenting on it, saying, what do you mean series finale? Like, what the fuck? Right. And, um, but then a few hours later, they said season finale in another post. And so that implies that there's going to be a season two. Mm -hmm. um, but who knows? You know, Disney could be in trouble and it might not happen. Well, I think there's there's a number of different possibilities here. Sure. One, yes, it could be in trouble. And I've even, you know talk to you privately like you know we've discussed whether or not uh the fact that they haven't announced a second season is you know further fuel to the fire of whether or not you know disney is trying to offload star wars yeah they want to sell it which we talked because, about last time because we there's gathered. a big contrast here between you know ahsoka and let's say the mandalorian or ando which got you know uh season renewals Right. Before the season was even over yet. The current season was over yet. Oh, hell, Andor had gotten the season two before the show premiered. That's right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, like there's it, it's kind of hard not to to take note of that is like, right. you know, well, what's what's taken so long for you guys to make up your mind? 
Yeah. Because overall, the response from the fans, like, to me, has been, for the most part, positive. Yes. Even if for there the are, most part. Yeah. Even if there are some complaints, it's like overall, you know, this is the best thing that they've done since Andor. Right. And, and you would agree with that statement. Yeah. No, absolutely. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's certainly better than season three of Mandalorian. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, again, we'll reiterate, was great until the end. They did not right. stick the landing. Right, right. But unlike other people who thought, who just think the season three, season three of Mandalorian was terrible. No, we were, you and I were loving it until literally the last episode, and they yeah. fucked everything up. Yep, yep. And you know, I, I mean, give me your take on this, Rob. I I feel this kind of the same way with Ahsoka. It's not as bad, but yeah, yeah, it's not as bad. It wasn't as like left turn, yeah, as as it was uh, with with season three of Mando, but. Um, this show was fucking amazing all the way up until part seven and eight. Part seven and eight, I feel like it fell yeah, apart. Yeah, and before we dive into that, yeah, I do sure. want to go into, like I said, I think there are a number of possibilities with what's going on here. I, I think maybe originally it was planned to only have one season. Okay. And I think there's definitely a possibility that the death of Ray Stevenson changed plans. Okay. Um, I have a strong suspicion because of the way things went down in the last two episodes and how little we saw Balin that maybe they decided to rewrite, re-edit, do reshoots, whatever, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they cut back on his role so that they'd have footage of him in another season. Right. To, to save. To, yeah, to, yeah use. to use. Right, right. <sighs> Kind of how, like, they, you know, posthumously used, you know, footage of Carrie Fisher for yes. episode nine. Which turned out terrible. Right. Uh, uh, and, and you would hope that they learned from that, and I hope that's not what they do, and I do hope they they recast. But I also acknowledge that that's a tall order. I agree. Here's, see, and I can only think of, like, two people. And, and I don't and know that, and I don't know that Disney can afford either one of them. Give me names. Uh, um, Russell Crowe and oh yeah, um, yeah, oh yeah, and um, uh, Gerard Butler. Yep, oh, Gerard Butler. He's doing made for TV shit. He, I mean, or I, I mean, know, but, direct a video, I should say. Uh, I, I mean, he's awesome though. Yeah, I'm, like I'm hundred percent with he you. Was, on he was he he was primarily like a movie actor up yeah. until recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hadn't even thought of that. I think that's a. I mean, both of those are phenomenal. You know, like Russell Crowe can do no wrong. Like, let, let's be honest about that. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, got the 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 poison, the demeanor. I yes. mean, you really could just replace, you know, Balin Skull with, you know, uh, Maximus Meridius Decimus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or just imagine, you know, Russell Crowe when he played Jarrell. And I mean, yes, it's a perfect yeah, fit. right. It is absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but so, I, here again, I don't know if they can afford him. Yeah, yeah. But I think Gerard Butler would be a phenomenal choice. Um, I mean, the other option that you could do, and I was thinking about this earlier today, the other option you could do is, okay, so we have all this supposedly, <laughs> emphasis on supposedly, we have all this supposedly amazing AI, just fucking put Balin in a mask, and like Revan, and leave him in it, and yeah. and, and, and just do your, do your, do your AI that's, magic with that's his voice. Really, I think that's really complicated, especially what's going on in Hollywood right now. Well, that's part of the strike um, thing, is AI and residuals. Right, yeah. right, yeah. And, I mean, there is precedent for that, because, you know, um, James Earl Jones mm-hmm. made a deal for Disney to use his voice as Darth Vader in perpetuity right. to be synthesized. Right, exactly. And I really hope 
that he got a sweetheart deal out of that yes and has enough to take care of him for the rest of his life no matter what happens to him yes may his children be rich for seven generations exactly I mean, right 100%. yeah and that, because that's what he deserves for that yeah, yeah I, no, totally. I, I think that was just here again that was they couldn't pay him enough for what he did yep Yep, I, I completely agree. Uh, just a top-notch, yeah, a top-notch actor and honestly top-notch human being. So, um, yeah, okay. I, see, but that's the thing. Star Wars is already blazing the trail. Like, if you can do that with Vader, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm with you. I'd much rather see uh, Gerard Butler or uh, or Russell Crowe, you know, or some, like someone, just have someone else come in and take over on, on this mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So would you agree, and it's a great point to bring up, would you agree that this show fell apart at 7 and 8? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I didn't, like, not in the way that Mandalorian did. No, right, right. But it certainly did not meet what we are expecting, given the strengths of all the episodes that came prior. Yes, and basically what we know of the characters. That includes Ezra, that includes, and, and even even the... the, the the hints and the glimpses that we're giving into Balin and Shin and, you know, yes. all this. Like, there was yeah. just more expected. We got no payoff on any of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, okay, so, and I've said this before, I want to say it again. Just because we didn't get what we expected or wanted doesn't make something bad. However, exactly. Okay, so so that's true. That's a true statement, and that's why, ultimately, I'm going to say this all didn't suck. All yes. Right? Um but at the same time, how this show should have ended, the very last shot should have been Republican or Republic frigates. Republicans can get. I won't say that. <laughs> no, no comments about turbo lasers with that. But it should have been Republic frigates, New Republic frigates, blown the fuck away in pieces, and the Chimera commanded by Thrawn just flying by them all after he kicked all their asses. And then boom, just fade to black. Yeah, like that. That should have been the end shot of yep. this show. Yep. And, and and have everybody go, holy hell, who is this guy? Right. And that is not how it ended. Um, and in fact, how it did end... And it, like, you even kind of got the hint that that's what was coming, given, like, the last scene we see with Hera and uh, Mon Mothma together. Right. You got the sense that shit was get about to get real. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think you're... And this is what you are hinting at earlier with Balin. The idea that they might have had to change a lot of where the show was going to go, I think it lends a lot of credibility to that. I, I don't know. Like, if Filoni really does understand these characters, just something was wrong yeah. with, with these last two episodes. Yeah, or well, two parts. Yeah, I mean, there's other signs, too, because um, you look at, you know, Rosario Dawson's physical performance from oh, yeah. when she did yeah. The Mandalorian and um, even earlier episodes, like her fight with uh, Balin Skull, you know, I think it was like episode three, mm-hmm. m- much stronger than her performance in the last episode. In fact, I would say like all of the lightsaber fights, especially the one with the, the Stormtrooper battle, she, she just came off as really stiff and wooden. Right. Like this, this was a rush job, and she simply didn't have enough time to choreograph the fights and for her to get comfortable yeah yeah now i'm gonna push back on that a little bit i i think you're probably right you're probably right um because in this i kind of came to realize this as i was watching him more like rosario all right let's be clear here rosario dawson is awesome as ahsoka overall and she's a tremendous actor 
I mean, or you know, just a tremendous actress. I yeah, mean, she's well, really, I mean, really top. To notch. be fair, I mean, I have had my complaints about her earlier in the season too. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because there's a huge difference between this character and the character that we knew in the Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, and in Mandal and in Mando season three as right. well. Right, but there's also a good, you know, ten years in right. between that too. Right. Yeah. So, but here's the thing: like, a part of me, after watching rewatching some of these lightsaber battles and everything, I'm looking at it. and I'm going, you know. I don't, is she actually that good at this? Because, or is Ray Stevenson and the gal playing uh, uh, Morgana, who she's a, a professional stunt woman, yes. by the way, um, which is partly why she does, you know, she looks so legit. Yeah. Well, um, her her dad was a student of Bruce Lee. Yeah, oh, there, there you go. I, I mean, it doesn't get any bigger. Yeah. Um, and also Hayden Christensen. I mean, any of us that have been Star Wars sweaties for the past 20, you know, more, 20 plus years uh, we've watched all the making specials and we've seen just how good him and Ewan McGregor are I mean they became masters like Nick was a Nick Hallam was Nick that Gallard or Gallard that's it you know who trained them I mean this guy's a total badass yeah and yeah. but they had tons of time to choreograph those fights sure is what I'm they, yeah they had years literally uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah uh, but they also like they I think they became ironically they became great swordsmen in that amount of time yeah. like, to where they could improvise. Right. Because boy, watching the, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well, but watching the fight in the world between worlds, uh, between Anakin and, and, and Ahsoka, um, I look at it now and I'm like, boy, Hayden Christensen's carrying that fight. I mean, he's carrying that all the way. Like, like, and, and I hate to say it because I think Rosario, Rosario Dawson's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think it's age. We talked about this earlier. I don't, I mean, cause at first I was like, well, she is 44, but then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm 42. And I like, I know what I can do with the sword. And it, it just, I don't know. So some may, I, you're probably right, ultimately. Yeah, I, I, I still contend, like, you know, the, the, the first fight between um, her and, and Morgana mm-hmm. and the Mandalorian was pretty good. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like the best lightsaber fight ever, but it was, yeah. it was still pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I still contend, like, you know, the capabilities there, it's just... For whatever reason, not hitting its potential. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Overall, like I like the action, but I feel like, you know, and I said this, I said this in previous Tie Fighter Renegades. One of my biggest issues with this show is I think calling it Star Wars Ahsoka was a fail. Like this should not have been called Star Wars Ahsoka. This should, because Ahsoka wasn't even the best part of this in any stretch. Yeah, let me let me. It's ask. it's the same Boba Fett problem where like you know some like right. literally like the best episode of the season was the one that Ahsoka was hardly in it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, in fact, let me ask you this question. Let's let's go down this road. I mean, we made it clear that this is still great. You know, like you and I have have made this clear already. But let me ask you this question: Who would you say is the who is your your kind of your MVP, your top character in in this series? Ooh, uh, I'm pretty sure Ahsoka didn't come to mind. <laughs> I mean, as much as I want her to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we love the character. Let's let's not make any yeah, mistake here. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough. Um, if we had gotten more of Ezra, uh-huh. I, Ezra would definitely be a contender for that. Yep. But he just wasn't in it enough. Yep. Um, I'm tempted to give it to Hu Yang. Wow. Well, that's a great choice. No, I agree. Like. 
I, I love the. I forget the name of the YouTube channel where they do like these retro trailers. I was just thinking that. Yeah, we're like, you know, he's the most valuable droid in the entire universe, yeah. and now he's been relegated to ship repair man. <laughs> he's twenty five thousand years old. And he's, yeah, uh, David Tennant was amazing as the voice of Hu Yang. Yes. Um, and Hu Yang, you're you're completely right. A great character really brought everything together was a part of most of the great moments not all but most of the great moments in this um i'm with you on that do you want to, do you want to defend that choice a little more um the other contender of is obviously you know uh, uh ray stevenson's balance goal yes yeah but he's just here again he's kind of he, at, by the end of it he's got the same problems ezra does he's just not in it enough or we're not given answers anyway yeah of what the hell what are the motivations yeah what well i mean he on? was just he, he was basically missing in action the last episode yes I, that's a huge mistake yes yeah yeah um yeah, my answer is what you just said. Like, Balin, Balin's called, really, Balin and Shin, like, if I can double it, like, Balin and Shin were my favorites. Yeah. But, like you said, even their stories, I felt, fell apart in 7 and 8. What, what do you like about Shin? Because I'm not really, like, getting a whole lot from her. So, Shin is not good on her own. No. Shin is, is and good. That's, and that's what yeah. I'm kind of afraid of going forward, is she is not going to be able to... Carrie as the opposition on her own. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I don't, like, I thought that that ending, and which may speak to that there were changes made because of the unfortunate demise of, of Ray Stevenson, um, that changes were made there for her character. Right. Um, I thought, like, I did not get the sense at all that the direction those characters were going was that they were going to split up, she was going to go on her path, and that he was going to go on his. Yeah. In fact, I even recall telling you my sort of impression of where that character was going is that she was going to end up being sacrificed by yeah, Balin. Right, right. You know, to yeah. to whatever, to to the Mortis gods or whatever it is, the yeah. power that he was seeking. His plan was to, to basically sacrifice her in order to achieve the power he was seeking. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Like, he says, uh, was it in episode, or in part six, where he says to her, I trained you, to, you be to be something, something more. Exactly. Okay, all you got to do to make Shin a great character, what the fuck is that more? Like, well, that's, and, that's and, what I thought it was. Literally, yeah, like, yeah. What, I, if he had a purpose in training or something, then he, he had plans for her. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, the whole time I'm watching it, and part of what engaged me about this, and hey... People can say what they want. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to say it. This is my opinion, not Rob's. Okay. Um, like, I was actually kind of wondering if there wasn't some kind of uh, uh, romantic tension, even hmm. between the two. Okay. Between the two characters. I understand where people could have problems with that. I get you. Okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> whatever. We don't even really know the ages of the characters anyway. No, no. And well, I mean, we know that Balin was around during the Clone Wars, so it makes him pretty damn old. Well, true. True, but then like, okay, how old is Shin? I don't know how old the actress is, whatever. But one of the some of the, I mean, this show really upended our understanding of training in the Force. For example, um, why didn't why didn't Yoda initially approve of Anakin Skywalker getting trained? Because he was too old. Right. Yeah. What is the age of Ahsoka's Padawan in this show? That being, uh, uh, you know, Sabine Wren. She's like 30. Yeah, I was going to say, she's got to be in her, her mid to, to early 30s. Yeah, no, yeah, she's 30 or, or so. 
Yeah. And so, uh, 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 so wait, nine years old is is too old, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, yeah. But then, oh, but we can we can train a thirty year old. Yeah, but I mean, Ahsoka's no Jedi. Well, that's fair. But I'm I'm just saying that like, and, but neither is neither is is Balin's call. No. And so. And they both readily, or at least in the past, have readily admitted that. Right. Exactly. So you know, this idea that a Padawan has to be some super young person is no longer a part a necessity within Force training. Yeah. I mean, Wars. like when when they eventually do this, you know, uh, Jedi Academy movie or whatever it is they're going to be doing. Yeah. With um, Daisy Ridley. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to have students that are of all ages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. I think this is that like that movie, especially after seeing this. Uh, boy, I think that's going to be a mistake. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that was our that was the general consensus when it was announced. Yeah. Um, you know, because just pay attention to what people are getting excited about, and none of it has to do with anything yeah. sequel yeah. trilogy related. But, you know, for all we, everything that we've seen so far, all of the plans that they have for post sequel trilogy content mm-hmm. have eventually dissolved. And right. speaking, you know, mainly of the, the, the Ryan Johnson, right. you know, trilogy. Yes. That never materialized. And probably never will. If um, we're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> if we're lucky. Yes. Agreed. Um, so what did you think? Of, let me ask you this. Like, what did you think? Because the, the character that didn't come to mind, and like you said, but it's because you didn't get enough. I mean, what did you think of Ezra overall in Ahsoka? I, I thought he was great. I yeah, think he I was thought one the actor the, delivered. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the stand-up roles in the whole show. Sure, yeah. Um, all right, I want to explore this a little bit. Um, so, and in fact, I misspoke in the last High Fighter Renegades that I did. Uh, so I brought up, I thought it was cool that he didn't have a lightsaber. And yes. he basically said, no, I and I don't need one, you know, and, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, nice. And what it reminded me of instantly was the new Jedi Order books from the old EU, uh, where um, Anakin Solo, in last episode, I said, I said Ben Skywalker, I, I, I completely screwed up the character, or I, I jumbled the names, but there was a Ben Skywalker in the old EU right, as well. Right, there was. So that, that's, that's why I misspoke. But Anakin Solo, who was the third child of Leia and Han Solo, um, had a very unique perspective on the Force. He thought, no, the Force should do everything. We don't need technology. I don't even need a lightsaber, even though he would eventually have a lightsaber, and it would actually be a very important lightsaber in the Yuuzhan Vong War. Um, it would lead to Jason becoming a, well, Darth Cadis. But anyway. Right. Um, but I loved his perspective that, no, like, like I'm so fucking powerful and the force can do everything i don't need i don't need to train i don't need to do any of this shit the force can do it all and i thought that was really cool i mean he would train still but anyway and i was wondering if because you know another point that i think we can make about this is sure they might have changed some of the names but in a very real way we ended up with this is the heir to the empire trilogy yeah you know like like Balin's skull is is effectively Joris Sabath, yeah, 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 um, and and Ziono is Boris Fela. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Right. He's just human instead of um, uh, Bothan. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, sure, we don't have Winter. We don't have some of these other characters. Though, though maybe Hera would. Yeah, be I was going to say we have somewhere. Hera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's really like there's very much a lot of this is really the heir to the Empire trilogy. Yes. You know, um, uh, just with different names and slightly different places and all of this. Um, so. And I'm trying to think of where the hell I was going with that. But anyway. Well, I mean, it goes yeah. to something I mentioned before. Is, you mm-hmm. know, Filoni will take things from the EU and recontextualize them. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I forgot exactly where I was going with that, but regardless. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So talking about Anakin, Anakin Solo. Um, you know, for, for Filoni to borrow from the old EU, I mean, he's been doing that his whole career. Yeah, Especially with Disney. Right. Uh, so, in fact, we know he originally was going to bring the Yuzenbong into the Clone Wars. Yeah, and, uh, and Darth Revan. Show. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, anyway, so I thought maybe he was, like, pulling from the philosophy of Anakin Solo in with Ezra. But then he gives Ezra a lightsaber. And, like, it's nice that it's partly related to Kanan. Right. But I, I, don't, I, I thought that sucked. Like, I mean, I love the character of Ezra. I thought it was asinine that he shows up in a Stormtrooper outfit. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to land on a, on a New Republic uh, uh, capital ship wearing Stormtrooper armor. What, what a great idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in, in I, mean, I mean, to, fa- to be fair, like, the character can be kind of a dumbass, and he has been known to, like, wear Stormtrooper armor a lot in yeah, the Rebels. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He is kind of a himbo, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is. He is. Well, but here's so here's because I mean, if I was Ezra yeah. and having these conversations with Sabine about, hey, what's going on back home? And she's being like really coy and avoidant about it. I'd be like, no, come on. Fucking yes. tell me what's going yes. on right fucking now. Yes. That was poor writing. Uh, that was bullshit. Like you can't carry that. Yeah, for the, 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 the way he just kind of, you know, lets her brush her off. I'm like, no bullshit. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I want to know. Like, did the Empire get defeated? Like what? Ha- you know, because look, I've been out here for over a decade. Could, could you tell me what's going on? That was crazy. Um, but here's the thing. And I'm kind of wondering now. Speculate responsibly. And in fact, I don't even really see the point of speculating anymore, because even like you were talking about with what happened with Ray Stevenson, they will change plans on a dime. Uh, and sometimes I think Disney will even change plans just to fuck with the fans, just because for some reason they enjoy that. They have some twisted sense of these things, um, or at least Ryan Johnson did. But anyway, the it's interesting that Ezra's name is Ezra, and a part of me wonders if Filoni had this in mind from the very beginning of creating that character, because we know what happens, so I'm just speculating here, we know what happens to the Jedi, the first Jedi temple that Luke builds. Mm-hmm. It, it goes up in flames. Mm-hmm. What I think would be a mistake is if you have uh, um, Daisy Ridley, you know, come in as Rey and build the second temple. Because, because Filoni's been having a lot of fun in this show with biblical allegory. And, I and was just going to say, that is a really <laughs> loaded term. Yeah. So, <laughs> but... For Ezra to build the second temple would be perfect because the second temple in, you know, my people's history, in Jewish history, was built by none other than Ezra. Right. And so I think that would be dynamite. And if he played, if Filoni played that long game, I mean, slow clap, golf clap for that shit. I definitely think he's capable of doing it. I mean, certainly we we know he, 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 he can and has done stuff. I mean, like... I mean, nobody, nobody thought that the the Purgle were anything other than a, fir, a filler episode right. when they first appeared in Rebels. Right. Yeah, and now, you know, they're one of the most important creatures in the universe. Exactly. Yeah. And that was a really long game to play. Yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. And talk about biblical illusion, of course, I... Uh, Jonah and the Whale. Yeah, which I, I brought up, and, and even how Tolkien wrote 
the book or, or translated the book of Jonah in the New right. Jerusalem Bible, which yep. I brought up in a previous episode. Yep. So there's a lot of that going on here, which I think is great. I love that. You know, I thought it was interesting that they have a, you know, a character named Enoch in it, even though my theory of what was going on there seems to have been proven wrong. Um, just that I was wondering, because we were wondering for a while, for a few episodes there, if the night troopers were even alive, you know, or were they all resurrected right. uh, by the night sisters? And well, it seems to be a mixed answer. It could be, but because because like, obviously the you know like the stormtroopers that he sent against you know Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine mm-hmm. were alive when they started out, right. but then were resurrected after they got taken out. Right. But the um, the death troopers, yeah, that faced off with you know Sabine, Ahsoka near the end of the episode. It's pretty obvious those guys have been dead for a while. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, well, I was kind of wondering, it's like, okay, so, and I think other, other, I think people were picking, I hadn't heard anybody else really pull on this, but, you know, the idea that maybe all the other stormtroopers, or at least the ones that had the red wrapping, might have been resurrected, um, but Enoch was the only one that really talked and was basically, it's because he's the one that never died, which is just like the character of Enoch yeah. in the book of Genesis, yeah. is he never died, he was taken. Even though he did have kind of like a, a similar crimson color underneath his armor. Yes. Yeah. Well, essentially, I think we found out that, no, this resurrection thing wasn't wasn't necessarily happening. Um, well, it was... It was because they did it was pars- eyes and stuff at the time. But... Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, the, the, the death troopers, you know, like when yeah. when they smashed their helmets off, they're... They, yeah, they were they, dead. They, they've been dead for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. So that, some of that was going on. Mm-hmm. But I, it wasn't like I don't think it's a blanket statement to say like all of the stormtroopers with the the red wrapping were were all resurrected. Yeah. No, obviously most of them were probably alive. Yeah, yeah. I think I, hopefully we get more of Enoch. He is a cool looking character. I feel like Filoni's sort of pulling a Captain Phasma here, mm-hmm. and in the end we ultimately got nothing out of Captain Phasma other than maybe a decent novel. Right. Um, so I hope we get more, and we do have a like a legit badass underneath that armor. Yep. Um, you know, uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, Amos. Yep. From which is the Expanse. From the Expanse. Yep. Now that's not the actor's yep. name, but also I think it's funny that it's he, in the, here comes. Go ahead. He's that guy. Yeah, he's that guy, big boy, and and I and and I think it's ironic. You know, I mean, Filoni has been pulling in, you know, at sci-fi royalty, what I call, uh, for some time. You know, in, in in his shows, be it Mandalorian, whatever. Um, I mean, Claudia Black. Yeah, I was going to say, like, oh, we didn't even notice that until, like, a couple episodes later. I'm like, holy shit, yeah, it is her. Yeah, Claudia Black. Um, but having, you know, having a guy who, who is the main thing he's known for, um, aside from the Escape Room 3, <laughs> 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 or Escape Plan 3 with Stallone. Anyway, <laughs> don't remind me. Um, aside from that... <laughs> Uh, was playing a character named Amos, which again is the number another name of a book of the Bible, another biblical mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought was you know maybe another level deep. Um, interesting that he's just given biblical names in his main roles. <laughs> so who knows what's behind that? But regardless, uh, interesting stuff. So yeah, I, I hope to see more of that, more of him in the future, and and some meaning behind you know what he's doing. Um, I guess that ultimately leads us to Thrawn. Rob, what are your thoughts? on Thrawn's presentation. It was this. it was far more subdued than what I was either expecting or hoping for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely not up to his performance in Rebels. Right. 
which was even that was kind of a step down from the depiction of the character in the original EU Thrawn trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I already made in the in previous TIE Fighter Renegades, I made comments about his physical appearance that didn't yeah. really live up to his physicality. But I, I, I and I, I, I kind of agreed with the time, but also have to acknowledge that, like, technically the character is like 70 years old now. Okay, that's a fair point to bring up. That's a very fair point to bring up. Um, yeah. I, a part of me, now a little bit time removed away from the show being finished, from Ahsoka, or the season anyway, being finished, uh, a part of me feels like, oh no, we're getting another like uber-powerful character deconstructed by Disney. And, hmm. you know, which is exa- exactly what happened to Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um, and I, and a part of me feels really disappointed by that. Um, I get it why Thrawn had to be what he was in what is technically labeled a kid show, you know, which Rebels was technically. Mm. It wasn't, but technically. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Just because in America, anything that's I not know. live action is for children. I know. So. <laughs> I fucking hate that. Yes. But. Yeah, it's, this is the only place in the world where anyone thinks like that. You know, I think that attitude's <laughs> going to go away once the boomers are gone. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah give, give it another 10 years, yeah, 20 yeah. years, folks, and, and animation will be treated as seriously as anything else. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, I get why Thrawn was treated that way there, and you have like more episodic television and everything. This was not that situation. This was the time for him to fucking shine. You needed to show people why he's a threat. You need to show people why Hera just says uh, Thrawn's coming and why that's enough, you know, to get it. And you didn't. Yeah. And, you know, as much as I think Thrawn is the greatest character in Star Wars history, which really has more to do with the old EU than anything new, as much as I, you know, want to say that, like, I can admit it. He's not as a big deal as Darth Vader, you know, as to where if Darth Vader's coming, yes, everybody on the planet knows that that's a problem. Like everybody on Earth that's knows the thing, that that's a problem. Like in in the Thrawn trilogy, I kind of feel like he almost was a Darth Vader. I mean, he was by the end of it. Oh, totally. That big of a deal. That's yeah, scary. I'm just, I'm just saying he doesn't have the same cultural cachet. As, oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. talking meta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, that, yeah. that's what I'm saying. No, no, yeah, he's, yeah. he's he's he like he came out better than the Emperor. You know, in my opinion, in, in the heir to the Empire. Uh, I mean, he was really something. Yeah, he yeah. was dangerous. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe the greatest threat. And, and then, and then the whole thing was is like, like he, he's he's kind of like the Batman of the Star Wars universe because yeah. he's dangerous without superpowers. No, right, 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 right. Exactly. And what is Batman other than Sherlock Holmes? Right. With a cape. Yes. Okay. Right. And that's so, what Thrawn is. Right. Thrawn is Sherlock Holmes in space. Yeah. And again, look. Yeah, Holmes can get bested here and there. Like, okay, yep, the Bendu fucked you up. That makes sense, right? The one in the middle got you. That, okay. Um, but, I mean, this just wasn't the time. <laughs> and, 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 and it's not, it, I don't even think this is a matter of what I want. I'm just saying what's good for the fucking story. Like, yeah, this was yeah. a, this was a, a and the. There, there were, there were two, for me, huge mistakes with him. Um, and they're both interrelated. Both mm. him sort of kind of like justifying his losses as victories. Yeah. I think that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, to uh, Morgan Elsmith, like straight up questions his decision making. Mm-hmm. No way that would have ever fucking flied in the EU. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Get the hell off of my yeah, bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, and well, even, but the thing is, is Thrawn inspired the kind of confidence, whereas that would never even happen yes. to begin with. Nobody would even think to question his competency. Yeah, even in the new canon, this happened, where he someone questioned him too much, out. Like, you're, you're gone. You're working wherever. And, and yeah, that was weird. And you could say, oh, well, he, like you mentioned, he's older. He's aged, whatever. Yeah, but you see, that leads to a whole other problem. What the fuck's he been, what has he been doing there this whole time? Yeah, you know? there's, there's, a, there's a guy on YouTube I watch uh, called Generation Tech. Okay. His, his content, it's, it's, it's hit or miss, um, it's, mm-hmm. but it's mostly pretty good. But, you know, he kind of puts forth the idea that, you know, basically we're, we're seeing a diminished Thrawn just because he's been stuck on this planet for 10 years. It, Which to me is a cop out. It's so unbelievable. We're talking about a guy who trains with dark troopers. Yeah, against them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying with them. I'm saying against them. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, man, I, I, I don't know. And, and and even the tattered uniform, I just feel like Thrawn wouldn't fly with. It. Like he just wouldn't go. For, and and what you don't have enough supplies on the Star Destroyer. Like it just. Just, there's a lot of decisions made here that I feel were there's something behind them and I don't know what it is and I don't like it, uh, it but th- that's all I can really say on it yeah yeah no um, I, I feel you I definitely do and and, and here again I've, I've tried to put you know my, my finger on the two things that I can point out that mm-hmm. are obvious to me that were a problem but overall yes there is a sense that something's off yeah yeah um yeah, all right. Well, let, let's move on to another character, I suppose. Uh, Sabine, how did you feel about Sabine Wren throughout this uh, uh, season? Um, you know, it would have been fine if she was just somebody we're picking up with right after Rebels. Mm-hmm. But it seems like she hasn't grown at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I can admit, it's a little weird to have like a 30-year-old that's basically acting like, like a... Like a 16-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, I, I don't know. I mean, th- yeah. this is a larger problem in Hollywood today. You know, yeah. when, you, when you and I were growing up, we, and I mean, when, when we're like six, seven years old, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, because um, we're, we're close to the same age. You know, when we're growing up, you know, we're watching Captain Kirk. We're watching adults. We're watching adults being adults kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, as to where today, kids are watching kids being kids and I'm doing whatever the hell they do and it's always muted because you know you can't have violence which hey I'm not a proponent of or but, sex yeah right exactly um, but you know I think that there's a natural dare I say there's a certain natural evolution for a human being to grow up yeah and um, you, you know we, we live in a stunted civilization in some ways I mean and hey people can throw yeah, this yeah, right back yeah, at us yeah yeah they can throw it right back at us because here we are we're in our 40s and we're talking about Star Wars but at the same time you know I mean I could I could I could back back against that because right. great Star Wars for me wasn't even necessarily I mean the original trilogy is great but it wasn't even that Great Star Wars for me was what we talked about, Heir to the Empire trilogy, the, Timothy's on, and that was adult as fuck. Those the, books the were reason, 400 pages The reason pop. that it doesn't fly, like, for me, is, yes, I think there's there's a degree of infantilization in our yeah. society today. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Um, the stakes aren't as high as they are as, for us as they are in, you know, for the characters in Star Wars. Well, that's a fair point. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. So like with Sabine, I was disappointed. Like, I mean, it was cool. Like, uh, hey, I'm more than happy to see Clancy Brown at any point, you know, uh, for him to come in as uh, as mayor or whatever governor of uh, um, Lothal. Right. For him to be, you know, he's in the first episode. That was great. Um, the my impression from the end of Rebels was that Sabine was basically governor of Lothal. Like she was the leader. You know, and she yeah. had grown up. Yeah, right. That that was the impression you got was that she had been. She was definitely a very much more mature yes. character than where she started out in yes. season one. Yes. Um, whereas here, I like I said, it kind of seemed like her development got stunted, and she even maybe regressed a little. Right. Right. Um, well, I love that she retained some of her sass. Yeah. Because I love that about the character. Same. Yeah. But at the same time. You know, she's not serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I say this, you know, her being basically my top character in Rebels of the main cast. You know, like, I, I mean, she was my favorite. Um, I mean, you're, you're even kind enough to give me a Lego Sabine <laughs> figure, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, and, and it's just, I'm, I don't know. Like, I get it. I dig it. I don't have so much of a problem with the... We can talk about the Force and what changed here with the Force in the show. I don't have so much issues with her training and everything. But, like, the way the character acted, I don't know. It, at the end of the, of the season, I'm just like, the what the, the fuck? The only rationalization I have this, and, it, and it's, it's a fair rationalization, is mm-hmm. that um, the kind of trauma that she went through with the destruction of her homeworld and her family can stunt somebody's development for sure it can yeah that's fair it can um i guess i would just expect the character to become more like bo katan than a 16 year old you know uh, yeah because but, but you know she was right right but you know sabine just didn't only lose her family but she you know like her her mentor basically abandoned her because she thought she was going to go dark side yeah yeah, which was interesting to get that reasoning. I think there was another writing fail, in my opinion. That conversation should not have been between, or that nugget of info, that that shouldn't have been discovered by a conversation between Ezra and Hu Yang. Right. That should have been a conversation, that should have been a, a yelling match of some kind. Yeah. Between Ahsoka and Sabine herself. Yeah. Um, and I think we were robbed of that. Of, yeah. Of that yeah. powerful moment. Because there's still no closure between the two characters. Right. You know, neither one of them has really processed what happened. Yeah, because now I'm feeling like, you know, did they not do that because the actress playing Sabine can't be a fucking adult? Like, uh, and I don't know. And I don't want to I don't want to insult anybody. Yeah, just. Yeah. No, it's it's. Here again, I think this is one of those situations where, like, speculation might be pointless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. That's fair. Um so, I don't know, I wasn't terribly pleased in the end. You know, in the beginning, her being, you know, kind of reminding us of who Sabine is, fine. But, like, this character didn't grow up at all. Yeah. Didn't evolve and I know, at all. And I know that's hard for you to say, because I remember Sabine was your favorite character from season one of Rebels. Yeah, right. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, it's disappointing. Um, especially when she has every reason to be a very serious very grown-up character after what happened, you know, with the Purge of Mandalore. Uh, oh, well, you know. Yeah. Um, 
let's talk about let's let's shift it up a little bit let's talk about really who i think was was i mean outside of balin and shin a real show stealer here um that being none other than hayden christensen really reclaiming his throne as anakin skywalker uh you know i i've i've said my piece on it i want to hear you talk about how did you feel especially with part five uh how the hell did you feel about that you know like if we had just gotten if we had just gotten this show with his performance in this show without what we'd seen in obi-wan mm-hmm. i would say it was looked like like he he it was like getting right back on a bike yep. and and riding again he didn't skip a beat nope he he didn't miss anything like he was totally in character yes and he embodies that character yes. fully yes and I, yeah, I think this showed just how great an actor. I mean, I've already seen plenty of movies that showed how great an actor Aiden Christensen is, but this showed it. Like he was good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still one of the best moments, and, and that's what I want to kind of end end cap with on on all of this is like, what were the best moments of the show? You know, we're laying out some negatives here, but overall, we still loved it. Um, and what some of the best moments were, but I mean, I'll tell you, like one of the best moments is just when when her. Uh, when when Ahsoka and Anakin are are fighting, kind of for the last time there in the world between worlds, and he just responds with you know or like Ahsoka gives her response to his question, and he just says, "Incorrect," you know. <laughs> it <was> just, <laughs> yeah, it was so dark. Well, you know, that was the, the, like the shifting between the yes, light and the dark exactly. was so fucking brilliant. Exactly. I mean that even the way that they the the denouement of that fight where like. Ahsoka disarms him and they're face to face and he's got the glowing red eyes yes. and you just kind of, you see the dark side drain out of him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his ability, that's why I say his acting prowess, because his ability to shift from a Darth Vader we barely saw, you know, other than when he's like lobbing limbs on, on Mustafar in, a, in Revenge of the yeah. Sith, you know, yeah. before, he get, before he becomes the armored Darth Vader, uh, to, you know, for him to switch between that and really the very boyish charm, you know, uh, was was incredible to watch. This this was a continuation of a connective tissue that started being that was first, in my opinion, laid down in um, the Twilight of the Prince uh, of the Apprentice mm-hmm. in Star Wars Rebel, where we see Ahsoka and Vader face off. Yes, because up until that moment, I kind of had trouble squaring the circle of. Darth Vader and Anakin be the same person. Yep. Yep. Um, they've built on that. Yep. I think that where I was finally able to close that loop and accept them began with that episode in Rebels, and this is kind of like the fulfillment of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so, do you have more comments on Anakin in this? No. No. Okay. So, let me ask you this. Saying if. We get a season two. And like I said, I think there's there's a bit of a tacit admission that there is going to be based upon language on social media. But that could all change in a heartbeat. Right. Okay. right. Um, if there is to be a season two, do you think Anakin Skywalker will be in it? Absolutely. Especially the way they ended with his Force Ghost appearing yes. on Peridia. Yes. Right. I, Felinda doesn't do that shit by accident. Yeah. 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 Uh, and now this. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll straight out say it. Um Filoni isn't just doing Heir to the Empire. He's doing Heir to the Empire plus George Lucas's sequel trilogy mm-hmm. plus Colin Trevorrow's 
um, Duel of the Fates. Yes. Uh, and he's bringing all those together and synthesizing it into one story. Yeah, and perhaps the, the, mo- the, the, the largest part, that if the script that we got was actually the leaked script for Episode Nine of Trevorrow's, uh, for, for the sequel trilogy. Yeah, the Duel of Fates. The Duel of the Fates, where everybody can basically access the Force at the end of that. That was the end of that script. That is what we're being told in this. Yes. You know, and that is, while George Lucas has said that in the past, I know there's a lot of people who take issues with this. Um, I agree with your statement there about what you said. Uh, I want to touch more on Anakin in a second, but I want to ask you about this. How do you feel about some of the changes? I think they really are changes, or at least finally it's set in stone about how the Force works. Um, I I still kind of want to push back on calling it changes. Uh-huh. Um, just because, like you've already mentioned, this has been discussed by the creator already. Yes, yeah. Um, I can understand if a lot of people haven't seen those interviews, mm-hmm. don't know about that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it comes from the horse's mouth. Yep, yep. Okay, yeah, so so you don't, you don't even really see them as changes. Like, you think it's cool that basically anybody with enough time and training can have some degree of force ability. Yeah, um... I, I do think that there's there is an a, an element of natural aptitude among certain individuals. Yep, talent plays a part, like a said. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Um, and I've always thought that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and some and and to and to, at the same time, other people are born with you know, and and I don't mean you know anything pejorative or you know ableist about this but some mm. people are born with handicaps which they right. cannot do certain things right right one of those may be accessing the force mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah um it, it's fair I, I myself i i don't know i, I think i always enjoyed i don't want to well, enjoyed is a strong term i don't want to use the word enjoyed um I think I run through my Star Wars fandom, which has been going on for almost 40 years, okay, uh, that there are people who can use the Force that are special, and then there are people who cannot. Like, one of the coolest things for me, like in the 90s, and this is before Disney took over, was the idea that if you're not Force-sensitive, you can't handle a lightsaber. You're going to end up cutting your own hand off because it's such a precise, elegant weapon that... You know, the average person can't hand can't handle it, and but, we and we still see that. Well, well in well, the Mandalorian, yes. I okay. mean, Din Djarin practically cuts his leg off. Well, right, right, right. That's fair, but still, like that that kind of that notion was sort of thrown out. But what was amazing back in the old EU was when suddenly, you know, in the comics, Boba Fett pulls out a lightsaber on Luke Skywalker, and you go, "Whoa, Boba Fett is so bad. He is such a badass. He can handle a lightsaber. No force abilities whatsoever." And so, you know, like, I just, I feel like you lose some specialness with these characters. Yeah, but you also lose the elitism. Well, that's fair. That's fair. And maybe that is the better message to get out there anyway. And this is not a new idea. Mm -hmm. You mentioned, too, is, is, you know, like, the the very first Star Wars MMO we got, you know, being a Jedi was democratized. Yes. Anybody could do it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. That's that's very true. Uh, what was it? Galactic? Star Wars Galaxies. G- Galaxies. Thank you. Yes. Um, 
A lot of people that was that was very controversial at the time too. Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. admit that. Yeah, well, a lot of people said like, well, of course, everybody's going to fucking pick a Jedi, so this is going right. to be a boring universe. Right, know? right. Uh, but which even that didn't turn out to be true. No, no, no. It was actually a great game. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's Star Wars, and they play fast and loose with any kind of consistency. Ultimately, I'm not saying continuity. I'm saying consistency, meaning the rules of physics don't apply you know most of the time right uh you know science is not a part of the star wars universe in any way shape or form um but i mean like, it's, it's not to the degree of some other it was interesting because i was just reading an article uh, oddly enough about of all things uh, about the simpsons uh -huh. because they're toying with the idea of characters aging again okay and you know there's been stuff in the past where like it's questioned not whether or not homer uh, grew up in the 60s or in the 90s. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. And like, you know, they're, they're, they, they, they interviewed some of the, uh, the, the, the writers and one of them said, you know, like, yeah, we have a, 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 an elastic cannon <laughs> where we'll do anything if it's for the sake of the joke. Yeah, right, right, right. So it's not that bad. Yeah. But I think that is becoming a common thing amongst many different franchises where they're all moving towards a more elastic cannon or at the very least using the quote you know unreliable narrator narrator as a crutch yeah yeah or they just pull out the the ugly word multiverse um oh. which also has no scientific basis so and no it does not folks come and get me uh <laughs> <laughs> i will take you on in a heartbeat on that one um but i i guess i feel like if everybody has access to the force like then the whole fucking galaxy should be well. Maybe that maybe this is true because the whole galaxy is shit in Star Wars. Like like you 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 yourself have, have famously said this that I would not want to live in the Star Wars oh, galaxy. Fuck no. Yeah, right. Right. Fuck no. And, and you know what? Maybe it's because everybody does have access to the Force because everybody's fucking dark side. Like everybody's fucking or you know, okay, people are not inherently evil, but, but I mean this. Is, I feel like the bad outweighs the good in the Star Wars. Yeah. Galaxy. Well, I mean. It does in our universe too, unfortunately. Well, that, but that's my point, right? Yeah, that's my yeah. point. Is that everything should just be bad and dark? Yeah, and I know, and, I, and it makes this. This is what upsets me so fucking much about New Trek. Oh yeah, is yeah. that it's it's gone dark and yeah, you know, I don't like I'm sorry, no, this is this is not why anybody watches Star Trek. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to live in Discovery. I don't want to live in the Picard era. I don't want to live on strange new worlds because I'm going to have to sing all the goddamn time. Uh, I don't, you know, <laughs> in lower decks, give me a break. Uh, so, you know, I'll pass. Anyway, yeah, I'm with you. So, I'm okay with it. It's fine. And George Lucas said it, so I'll run with it. Um, but I, I, I do feel like there's, there's something lost in, in this, you know, in, in this being like now set in stone. Um, but that's all I, I got. I mean, it's the only th I mean, like, you know, it, it's. So, like I said, they, they are getting rid of the, the elitism. Um, yeah. There is a trade-off there. I mean, I think it would be fair for both of us to say that we have a certain degree of fascination or obsession with the elitist elements and cultures, whether it be secret societies sure. or occultism. Sure. Any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's an element of just coolness. Yes, about that yes that came along with with it was and it was that was the same sort of element that existed in being a force user mm -hmm. or a jedi or anything like that mm -hmm. um but at the same time um 
you know, the, the Jedi were, were very elitist. Yeah. Um, and that's, I would argue, was their downfall. I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and they, they deserved to go down. Yeah. No, I, I, oh, yes. No, they needed to. Like, yeah. And, yeah. And that, was, so, that was from the inside. So, yeah. I mean, you know, the lesson has been learned. Right. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Palpatine didn't defeat the Jedi. They defeated themselves. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He just he and just Yoda accelerated it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the, the last point I'll make on this, and, and that's a fair point of you to make, the last point I'll make on this is even within the story of Thrawn in the new canon, like with the Chiss, you, like none of them are really, there, there are very specific members of the Chiss species who are actually called Skywalkers. Right. Which Thrawn is, you know, notes the irony on that in the books. Um, when he meets Anakin. Uh, but, like, they're very clear that there is a differentiation. Like, okay, no, we... I mean, I mean, this is what doesn't make sense, is that if the Chiss knew that anybody can access the Force, they wouldn't have made such a big deal about the Skywalkers. Like, like it, it just... There's just... This is... This, I, I feel like it is a change. And, 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 and I mean, okay, good, let's get the rules set down, that's fine, okay? But something's off there. Uh, well, here, here again, it could be, yes, it definitely is a change from what a lot of people perceived mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about Star Wars, mm -hmm. both in and out of universe. Mm -hmm. I think it's perfectly, you know, cogent to say that even most people within the Star Wars universe thinks that's how the Force works. Yes. Is that right. only certain people can do it, and it's right. a very elitist and special thing. Right. So the idea of, you know, people using the Force, you know, sort of being, like I said, democratized, mm -hmm. I don't think that's a common belief within the Star Wars universe. That's fair. That's fair. And, and you know, like, is there clarity around how the Force works in... Uh, in the Star Wars universe, no. Like we know that from no. how Han Solo reacts to it in and, A New and Hope. And that's the way it is in our world with a lot of these things. With you know very oh, secret sure. societies, there's lots of things that they do and believe that they think make them special. But right. really, anybody can have access to that information. Yeah, yeah. No, you're completely right about that. Um, yeah, that's fair. So, I think we can leave it at that. It's just like okay, that's how it is now. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and we know it. And all right, as long as we stick with that rule, um, I want to get into, we'll start wrapping this up. Um, I want to get into, and you can bring up any other points you want to get in at any time. Um, but I think we need to talk about the ending. Okay. And I guess I'll start off first off. Uh, I mean, you could give me a general feeling of how you feel about how, how it ended, how, like the last five minutes, you know, how that went. Um, like we basically have Ahsoka and Sabine stuck um, in this other galaxy and like how do you feel about that you know I have less of a problem than what I've seen people react to yeah um, I'm basically with Ahsoka they're where they need to be right now yeah fair yeah okay um, there's I've, I've said from the beginning that I hope that they they stay in that galaxy mm -hmm. for a while because there's literally a whole universe of story new stories right to tell and we've only been on one planet yes and an entire galaxy yeah what the hell else is out there yeah 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 no i i agree and and tremendous stories could happen there and i'm with you on that like i'm i'm fine with that um it does become a lot more interesting when suddenly we see balin 
standing on in a, in a very Lord of the Rings moment. Yeah, standing okay. on the Argonath. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where he's standing on the statue of the father. Yeah. Uh, the son is next to him, and the daughter, a headless daughter. Of course, yep. we did see the daughter fly in, you know, as yep. an owl. Yeah, Morai. Yeah, Morai. Um, you know, we, we got the Mortis gods, and, we, you know, we have that, that trinity has returned. Um, Something I didn't notice, and I don't know if you saw it either. Go ahead. It had to be pointed out to me. But when Balin is looking off into the distance, mm-hmm. there is a signal going yes. off on top of the mountain there. Yes. That I didn't catch on the first viewing. Right. Yeah. It actually it took me a second viewing to catch that as well. Yeah. It's just a like a glint. Yeah. It's, and here yeah. again, it, it almost feels like another you know, Lord of the Ring reference. You know, Gondor calls for aid. Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah. this is a look. If we're clarifying how the Force works, okay. Which okay, I'm fine with it. Even if it doesn't feel totally consistent to me, okay, fine. Um, Yes, let's finally get some fucking answers, some straight answers on what the Mortis gods are all about. Uh, of course, referencing the Mortis trilogy from the Clone Wars, which is probably the three best episodes of that of that series. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, the interesting thing to me is that, and it was a great moment. Whether that was the original part of the plan, I don't know. You know, uh, like you said, with Ray Stevenson's you know demise, that might not be the case. Um, regardless we're there Anakin Skywalker is there and Anakin Skywalker apparently his you know bringing balance to the force his destiny was to take the place of the father uh, or at least that's what the Mortis trilogy from Clone Wars heavily insinuates yes. okay or even straight says um, so Anakin's there force ghost Anakin but he's there and this and, and suddenly you have the Mortis gods um I think we could end up with some pretty amazing stories throughout all of that. Do you, I mean, again, predictions could get thrown out the window, but like, I mean, how do you feel about this overall? I mean, it's one thing, you know, it's kind of like, I, I want the mystery explained. Yes. But so often in any genre once you you know you open the mystery box it starts it stops being interesting yeah yeah i hear that um but that being said you know like yeah i i I think that there's like some you know significant symbology going off in in those statues um you know i think the daughter's headless because she's literally dead right i can imagine that statue crumbling the moment she died in yeah, the right. Clone Wars. Right. Um it was it was kind of implied that the father died too, but I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um because then all that would be left was the brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of I, I wonder um if that Mount Rushmore needs another head and if it's going to be if it's ultimately, if it's going to be Ahsoka. Um, and like, I, I could see a moment where, where Anakin says, you know, like you were, you were, you're better than me because you actually chose this destiny, you know, to do that. And that could explain why, like, where is Ahsoka in the sequel trilogy? You know, like where, where is she in the time of Ray? Where yeah. is she, you know, yeah. she obviously, she was terrified of Thrawn <clears throat> coming. So she, why would she turn her back 
on all these threats to the galaxy, uh, well, it's because she's not exactly corporeal anymore, and yeah, she yeah. is part of the you know part of the Mortis gods now. Right. Um, For all we know, cool Anakin book. is too. Right. And th- and that's the whole thing. I mean, maybe I mean, Balin's goal, as much as we can discern from his words, is that he wants to break the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And we can all acknowledge that, you know, following the Mortis Trilogy, the, the balance of the entire universe basically came undone. Yes, right, right. And the dark side has been dominant ever since. Yes. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, yeah, so it was quite a tease to leave people off with. Uh, I guess pulling it all together... I do see where people make the criticism that you had to have a lot of knowledge of previous works to understand what the hell's going on in this show, you know? Yeah, and, and it's like, definitely getting to that that point where it's it's right. becoming unavoidable, and and I'm thinking along a long enough timeline that becomes necessary. Right. Yeah, I mean, and and it's becoming quite an ask. My thought has always been though, like, too bad. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? that's just my like. Right. Okay. Well, so you don't because, know, then you don't know. Yeah, that's because we're the hardcore sweaties. Right. I mean, right. You know, but, but I, the thing is, is like here again, on a long enough timeline, it kind of has to be inevitable because you can't ignore us forever. Yeah. 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 Exactly. They, they tried to do that with the sequel trilogy, and look how that turned out. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think appeasing fans, like even with the smallest things, I think is a winner. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it could just add to more mystery for people and they might really like that. Um, But, you know, ultimately, one of my biggest problems with this season is that we got so many great threads lined up. But we didn't really get any answers like to to, to a lot of this stuff. And I really feel like there should have been more payoff. Yeah, Um, we we, should have like they should have said so much more about what what Balin and Shin are. You know, like what Balin's really about. And maybe they originally planned that. I don't know. But that's that, just my feeling. I, I yeah. really do think that's the case. That, yeah. That there there was more there. Yeah. And either they they realized they had a problem, you mm. know, when, when Ray Stevenson passed away and say, hey, you know, like, this is completely upset our plans for the future. We're going right. to have to, like, rework it in order to, like, you know rework some of what we have and use it later on or whatever yeah yeah i i think i think ultimately i mean yeah i want to know more about what thrawn was doing i you know i have lots of these kinds of questions um i just i really would have liked while we're getting tacit admissions again of how the force works let's or not explicit not tacit um let's say you know what there are gray jedi there are dark jedi there are you know like like just say it and because to some degree i wanted to piss some people off because there's a lot of people who hate those ideas and people and, inside of Lucasfilm. Yeah, right. And and I'm like, well, too bad. It's yeah, another situation right. too bad. Right. You know, like yeah. this is a big universe. Yeah. No, I agree. Be real. I agree you know? because because the, you know, some of those people that have those opinions in Lucasfilm are kind of my opinion kind of assholes. Yeah, right. Right. Um yeah. So, you, I'm not going to name names, but sure. you know, I'm sure a lot of you can figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I think the show is implicitly saying that there are gray Jedi. It's because Ahsoka's wearing gray before she's Ahsoka the White. Anyway. I mean, we had that in Rebels. Bendu was the one in the middle. Like, right. How can you get more explicit than that? Which, boy, I hope we get more of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, no, you're totally right. Um, 
and and, and Balin, he's literally wearing armor and in black. Like I mean, and he has an orange lightsaber. He is yeah. a dark Jedi. Like and and I just because he even says like, no, I love the idea of it, you know, and that it lost its way and everything. And so it's not like he wasn't. It's not like he was exactly anti-Jedi. He just had yeah. an affinity in a different, you know, uh, kind of interpretation. Yeah, and you can't argue that he's, you know, like an anti-hero either because, right. no, he straight up kills people in the first episode. Yeah, right. He's more, he's an anti-villain. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. So, yeah, I just wish they would have said it outright. You know, like, let's make the goddamn statements already. Even though I think implicitly, yes, Filoni is saying there are gray Jedi, there are dark Jedi. There are, you know, like, like the, these are things that exist. Um, so anyway, speaking of, on that, uh, best moments of the show. Like maybe give a top two, top three. Uh, I could get started if you want. Sure, go for it. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm definitely going to say first off, like, just Anakin Skywalker was amazing in this. And and his his ability to turn light to dark so quickly and all, like that. And, and the lines... The lines that were said in that in the world between worlds were dynamite. Like when he said, you know, when when, when Ahsoka said, you know, I won't fight you, and he just responds, I've heard, heard that, that before. before. Yeah. Fuck, man. And, this, <laughs> I, so and I'm sorry, that line alone yes. proves this isn't in Ahsoka's head. No, right. That they they that was Anakin. That was the world between worlds. Yeah, I, I agree because that's the only way that that happened in Return of the Jedi. Ahsoka was not there. It's the only way that that reference makes any sense. Is because that's really Anakin Skywalker. Yep. Yeah. Um, so th- those that that was just tops for me. Um, after that, I mean, I, I guess I'll leave it to like a like a top two. Um, I thought that the, in my opinion, just the just the amount of like pull-ins and references to other franchises really won me over. From either even just from pulling from the Bible, pulling from Lord of the Rings, I think. Once again, and I say once again, Filoni pulling from Dune heavily, which I I really think he did. Um, I mean, he pulled from a lot of mythology, the three fates, you know, and all mm-hmm. this other stuff mm-hmm. with, with the Night Sisters and everything. That was great. Um, but like, I even felt like the um, the little flyer, the little ship that like kind of like shuttle thing that that Morgana had. Um, this gold. Oh ship. yeah, looked yeah. Exactly looked like, like the, the ornithopter yes. from, from Dune. Yes, like it, from from David Lynch's Dune. Yep. And, I, yep. and I said, no, I was like, no way. Like that is a direct. That's a reference. Yeah. And and I thought that was so cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was very and, cool. Right. And and I mean, this isn't the like I said, this isn't the first time Filoni pulled from Dune. I thought in Mando season two when we finally got to see the Kraid dragon. Yeah, that, that was sandworm. It was a sandworm. Mm. It was purposely designed to look like a sandworm. Uh, and and in and, fact, and I and I really hope that Brian Herbert was fuming in his pants <laughs> when he saw that. I, I hope he did a full yes. fucking liquid shit. Yes, and, and soiled himself. <laughs> yes, yeah. And and this is like, and it's okay. And pulling all the Lord of the Rings shit, that's okay. That's what I want. That's what I love about Star Wars. Star Wars, like we said, it's the ultimate sandbox. It's the ultimate remix. It brings everything together. You know, from all these disparate. Uh, 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 franchises, you know, Stargate did the same thing with SG One and so on, where they would constantly reference directly or pull stuff from, you know, from other uh, uh, science fiction. Great, yeah. you know, like it's all, science fiction. At least for me, growing up was one big happy family. Yep. You know, it's like I mean, yeah, you know, there was always Star Trek versus Star Wars, but really it was one big happy family where yeah, we're like, you we're know, all like, sci-fi like, fans. Like, well, I knew people that picked sides in yeah. that. Everybody watched both. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. Everybody watched exactly. both. Exactly. And so, you know, to, to, to bring it all in, to have that one place where it can all come together, I think that's great. Like, it is. I, it I, is. I, I and that's that. what I love about, you know, Filoni's direction with the whole thing, because he is mm-hmm. so good about synthesizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I guess, all right, I'll, 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 pick, a t- I'll pick a third. Uh, I thought Hera was amazing in this yes um, space mom rules yeah yeah space mom rules and uh also you know big kudos to to mon mothma uh who is quickly becoming one of the best characters in star wars yeah i still think she was stronger in andor but i agree with you yeah 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 no yeah i i i understand that um but you know i just love that they're really taking advantage of this character who as i've said over and over again is all is politically the antithesis to palpatine we should know why this character is in charge of the Rebel Alliance. Like, it, like that gravitas should be there. Yeah. And Genevieve O'Reilly is bringing it every yeah. time. Yeah. So I, I dig that. All right, how about you, top three? Um, I definitely agree with your first pick. In fact, that may be my number one. Yeah, yeah, it was too good. Yeah. Too yeah. good. Uh, my other uh, big moment is, and not just a specific moment, but overall everything with um, the Night Sisters on Peridia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was great. Yep. I've always liked, I think the, the whole... Um, uh, da- uh, uh, Dathomir sequence in the Clone Wars was like some of the strongest episodes yes. of that series. Yes, I agree. And and to have a return of that was great. Even having, you know, the reference in the Sword of Talzin. Yep, that was brilliant. cool. Which was the same blade yeah. that Mother Talzin yes. actually used. Yes, exactly. Yes. Right, yeah. right. And that they were somehow able to like you know conjure this thing from wherever it resided. Yeah, that was cool. I agree. That was. Oh yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, I'd say those those would be my two. Yeah, I mean it's still like let's be honest. As much as they may have fumbled Thrawn a bit, it is still awesome to finally have him in live action. Yeah, I, I will say like you know the the introduction of Thrawn. Where, yeah. You know the the, the seeing the Chimera and everything. Yeah, was... and seeing the Stormtroopers Thrawn Thrawn. Yeah. Thrawn. yeah was, I mean <laughs> that was great. That was cool. Yes, yeah, that was yeah. really great. But yeah, still the top for me is just just the whole episode, the world between worlds, mm-hmm. all of that. Not just Anakin, but that everything that happened. Yes. Within that, was just spot on, perfect. What I basically come to Dave Filoni for. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Someone who understands the prequels so well, um, and I still stand by my point that I feel like the show is really that amalgamation of the prequel style and the original trilogy style like this is really episode one two and three mixed in with return of the jedi yep uh and and it really works for me and even like i think even to the point of the direction and the writing like people complain about the dialogue people complain about the dialogue with the prequels but there was a point to that like like george lucas really was super intentional in how you know i've talked about it how like how anakin would talk in the prequels everybody's like oh they don't let hayden christensen act it's like no he's doing great that's how he's supposed to act because there's supposed to be continuity between how he sounds as anakin and how he sounds as darth vader so anakin kind of has to talk like darth vader would eventually you know um and and i think floney nailed that in this that's why that that moment that i talked about earlier where he's like incorrect you know that perfect like that that's exactly what vader would say you know but it's the same thing uh um Anakin would have said too. Yes, right. I right. mean, that comes straight out of like that whole sequence where he's basically giving you know Ahsoka Order sixty six training yeah, during right. the Clone Wars. Right. Yeah. Bingo. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like 
oh, you think that's training, you know, sparring off against some, some you know, um, those ball droid things, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Target drones or whatever you want to call them. You yeah. Think, oh, you think that's training. No, let me show you training. <laughs> Incorrect. Yeah. yeah, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Um, so, you know, this is this is a situation, I think, where the good very much outweighs the bad. Yes. Um, with this show, yes, and and that that's really why. I mean, I still put it next to Andor. It's and maybe Rogue One. I don't know. Like this is this is the top three. You know, and Rebels is great, of course. But I mean, this is Rebels season five. Yeah, I guess Rebels <laughs> is Disney content. Yeah, I have to put that up there too. I, I yeah 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 yeah. I mean, I, I even I I even put Rebels above Mandalorian. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I I still they. They should have titled this Rebels, like, and it still would have yeah, worked because, yeah, because I mean, even in the marketing, you could have really had a winner where you know um, where Hera says, you know, hey, once a rebel, always a rebel. I, I I think the marketing people at Disney probably had a problem with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it could have worked, but yeah, I mean, I agree. You're not going to get new viewers if they think they have to go watch four seasons yep, or something else. Exactly. And I, and I understand exactly. that. Exactly. Um, I mean, my only my counterpoint to that is, yeah, but they didn't shy away from Clone Wars season seven, you know. But oh well. Yeah. Um, so again, in the end, more well, good than bad. I mean, you know, Clone Wars season seven definitely much fair, felt very much like a, a a mea culpa by Disney. Yeah. In order to get you know everything that they wanted out of Dave Filoni. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> oh, you want me to do this now? Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to finish. This thing I started a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you guys were even around. Yeah, 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 bingo. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, well, again, if there's no season two, we riot. So yeah. there, 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 there it is. And <laughs> because we need to know about the Mortis Gods. No, <laughs> for plenty of other reasons. Um, yeah, overall, I, I think I think a fantastic show. Uh, I mean, the more time I spend away from it and the more I rewatch Except for episodes, or part part five and six, which are still just some of the best Star Wars, just cut it out and like that, phenomenal. Um, the less I kind of like it, and I and I hate that I feel that way, and so ultimately I'm just going to say they need to, exp- and I don't care where they do it. They can do it in comic books, they can do it in novels, they can do it wherever they have to do it. Um, especially since you have the writer strike and so many other things going on right now, like. Here's your chance, Disney. Take the books and comics seriously for a little while. Um, yeah, it's we, it's one of those things where where if you don't get closure, it's just simply unacceptable. Yeah, I have, I have I, I'm still holding a grudge over the way Dark Angel ended. Yeah, back right, in right, the 90s. Right, right, right. You right, know, right, like, totally. Yeah, because they're leaving it basically in the same place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just you just you can't leave shit like that. You no. can't. You, you can't. God, don't remind me. <laughs> God damn it. You know, and the next thing you're going to say is, oh, in the Stargate Atlantis movie. You're like, right, yeah. I, I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I actually, I recently found out why some of this stuff never happened. And and some of the reasons that these things, the way they went down, uh, where we get early cancellation or a project would stop or whatever, are some of the dumbest fucking reasons in mm-hmm. the world. Uh, Stargate Atlantis entirely had to do with the fact that the DVD market died. Uh, and I don't even know exactly how that died at the time, but because it was going to be, it was supposed to be direct to direct to video, and you know you had Continuum and you had Arc of Truth 
and I guess they didn't perform well, and it seemed like the, the, this, you know, for a while, right. people, don't, people don't remember because everything's streaming now. But for a while... Well, it's related. Yeah, right. But I'll, the, I'll tell you exactly why the DVD market died. Well, because of streaming? Of Net, no, not because of streaming. Net, before Netflix was streaming, yeah. Netflix was a DVD service. Yeah, yeah. People didn't have to buy DVDs oh, anymore. Oh, there it is. This is why I come to Rob's museum. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there it is. I was like... Because I was thinking about this earlier. I was talking to Ellen, actually. You know, and, I mean, you know, my wife and I, we have breakfast together and we talk about all kinds of epic things. And and I was saying this to her earlier today. And I was like, I was like, but I don't get it. Like, streaming wasn't a thing yet. So what the hell killed the DVD yeah, but market? Netflix but was. there it is. Yeah. It was Netflix. Yeah. So, but people don't get it. Is that before streaming and you had to worry about these shows doing great on a streaming service, it was DVD. Like, direct to DVD was such a uh, provocative and or lucrative and like cost effective way of getting content out there um that and it wasn't just a thing for the big studios either no. it was also the the most direct connection that an independent filmmaker had to an audience right right yeah uh you know and, and so to some degree you know with streaming services we're able to get this kind of content again like shit that would have never gotten made before but we're in an ugly time now where Piper's got to get paid. And look, running stuff on servers ain't cheap, you know, and, and, and I mean, shows and movies are getting delisted all the time. Even ones that are owned by the fucking company that does the streaming. Uh, and so, you know, I'm worried. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little worried that, that yeah. there's a chance we won't get a season two of yeah. this. Well, I mean, and, and I can't lie, you know, put this entirely at the feet of the studios either mm -hmm. or even netflix because solutions have been offered to the isps right to help alleviate or solve these problems yeah and the I isps have flat out denied yeah any solutions coming from the content providers yeah yeah and as much as i think they're all engaging in some level of bullshit mm -hmm. um that's got to be the highest order of bullshit there is. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, we talked last time you and I were together doing TIE Fighter Renegades, you know, a few episodes ago. Um, we, you know, we talked about what if Apple bought Disney or even bought up Star Wars or something like that. Um, you know, speaking of things that got canceled or that ended. Yeah, I mean, canceled is the word because then they had to make a movie to finish it up. And we've referenced it multiple times throughout the show, throughout, throughout this episode we've been recording. Um I never knew this. There was going to be a Stargate SG-1 season 11, but it wasn't going to be on the Sci-Fi channel. One of the main execs, I'm going to guess Phil Schiller, though I don't know, one of the main execs at Apple loved the show so fucking much. He said, here, we'll foot the bill. It's going to get released on iTunes and iTunes alone, and you guys can do whatever you want. We just, I just want the show to go on. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. I think like Glasner and, and those guys or, or whoever, what Brad Wright and, and Cooper or whatever, because uh, Jonathan Glasner was out at that point. Uh, I think 
I think they basically said, no, we're doing great with the Sci-Fi Channel. We don't need to do this. We don't yeah, need to go that route. Yeah, that's that's always a problem with these yeah. things, that there's always so many fingers in the pie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's truly amazing what happened with The Expanse and that right. we even got that continued for another two seasons. Well, I think that's what happened there, because we know Bezos is a hardcore sci-fi fan. Yeah. It's why he started Amazon in the first place, was to get sci-fi books out there. Yeah. You know, and I mean, he's even in a Star Trek movie, you know, right. by his choice. Right. right? He uh, wanted to adapt The Expanse from the start. Yes. Like if, yeah. if, if, if uh, you know, sci-fi had not gotten the rights before him, right. he was going to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, so these, these tech billionaires will do these things as passion projects. And to some degree, as much as fuck these people, okay, uh, it might be our best chance of getting, like, of, of even getting what we want out of our franchises, you know? And so I'm just, I wouldn't be surprised at this stage if, like you said earlier in this episode, that really this could be Disney setting things up to get sold off, and that's why yeah. they're not making announcements for yeah. what's going to happen with Ahsoka and whatever else. You know what? I, I can't help but to think, like, what if, you know, all these different, you know, media conglomerates, mm-hmm. Disney, Apple, whoever, instead of buy, spending huge sums of money buying up other content providers, why didn't they go out and start buying ISPs? Oh, like like internet service providers? Yes. They've got to know that the, the money's not there. Like. Uh, yeah, but their, their business model is so reliant on it. Yeah. The, how how much how much easier would it have been to to basically have um what do they call that in business where they have like complete control of their supply chain? Oh, well like a monopsony of sorts. No, or, not a monopsony, uh, but um where where they basically, you know, they they have they do everything from mining the ores to processing it into material into making the final product. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure of the term, but I give, I give what you're going. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, that exists. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, we could get into this. Could be a long conversation. Yeah, I know, but I'm just, I'm just yeah. speculating how much easier it would have been for for mm-hmm. them to to make money if they, like I said, if they had control of the entire process. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that's what they should have happened i'm not right. saying that's, that's a even good a good thing yeah because fuck you know centralization yes right. i'm not for that same i'm just saying it's kind of weird that they didn't yeah i mean i kind of so nbc comcast at&t kind of pointed in that direction i think and maybe they figured that because you're right it is a, it does seem like an obvious bad idea right <laughs> you know, like, like like it's obvious and I say bad idea because that's usually what these people implement. Uh, so it, it seems like an obvious bad idea, and it is interesting that they never did it. Uh, I wonder if they look at like what AT and T tried to do, you know, like the AT and T Comcast slash NBC kind of merger, and maybe they said, oh, you know, no, it wasn't financially viable. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I have an insight into that because I used to work for AT and T, and I can yeah, tell right. you, AT and T's problems that are just incompetent. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, you're. you're they always totally, have been. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think Google and Apple, when you look at like Project Loon and you look at like the multi-peer connectivity framework for Apple, um, I think they were both looking at, we don't need ISP. Yeah, they were trying to circumvent it. They were trying to circumvent it. And Amazon even just recently launched their Starlink competitor, right. uh, you know, where they're going to have, you know, satellite internet. Um. So it looks like 
maybe they realize that they need the power of ISPs or they need what ISPs provide. They need that last mile. Right. Uh, direct to consumer last mile. But the ISPs themselves are not profitable. And so they're trying to circumvent the whole thing. So they're still trying to do what you're saying, but they're just doing it in a different way. Yeah, I guess. I mean, and the thing that doesn't make sense about the ISPs not being profitable because they were already being subsidized from the beginning. Yeah. Which is so ridiculous when the CEO, this was quite, you know, infamous many years ago, you know, um, the CEO of AT&T was saying, no, those are our pipes. Right. We're going to do with them as we please. Right. You, the content providers aren't going to dictate to us how we run our business. Yeah. Even though we rely on their content to even have a business. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like every every mile of fiber and optic cable running through the country has been subsidized by the government. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, we're, we're definitely getting into a huge conversation. Yeah, we are. I, I, I'm just, you know, like, I'm sorry, this is just something I have, like, no, 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 insight I'm with knowledge on. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on it. Um, I mean, because this is getting into, like, look, the internet itself is not sustainable, you know, and I know you've heard my theories on this. Yeah. That, like, people, people aren't, you know, so many of these streaming services are already skyrocketing their prices. Some of them almost doubling the price per month of, you know, what these streaming services cost. Um, like, this, it's not a sustainable model in and of itself. Yeah, but I mean... And it's is, not what, because of the last is, mile. What does that even mean? Because this is why a lot of reasons why utilities recruit were created, because... It wasn't seen as profitable or sustainable to have an electric grid. So it had to be, you know, right. subsidized or partially owned by the government. I mean, big shock. Maybe capitalism doesn't fucking work. <laughs> well, you took the words right out of my mouth. So I know I have a, I, I know we have a, a huge, uh, shall we say, free market segment of the audience. And yeah, but that's not what we have anyway. So. No, no, we don't have that. But like, I'll be the first to say that no i really don't think we'd have plumbing you know in like like if you have everybody acting yeah off ask of, the people in detroit if they have plumbing yeah right uh i mean just just look at just look at x and when i say x i mean twitter <laughs> the artist <laughs> really known as twitter yeah okay <laughs> just look at this it doesn't make any money you know, but it's one of the most popular, th or it has been one of the most popular things ever, you know, on the fucking Until internet. recently. Until recently, right. But that's because the new owner was trying to make money off of it. I mean, there's no, arguments that can be no. made that yeah. the real thing he was buying, what he really wanted to do was buy a large user base. He didn't want to buy a social media. I don't, I don't think that was it. I, I, I really think he bought it to destroy it. Well, yeah. I mean, he... Separate conversation. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, <laughs> because, we, we, we yeah. actually had this conversation well, before. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think there's a good argument for it because you can see what he is doing, what he's, what patents he's filing for related to X. He never, I don't think he ever, yes, he wanted to destroy a social media network, but I think he, I think there's a very good argument. He wanted to destroy that yes. social media network, specifically right. that one. Yeah, and for, and, and for reasons that you can disagree with, but understand in that, and I do disagree with them. Uh, but like, you know, journalists were becoming superstars because of Twitter. 
Like yeah. this was a thing that was happening. And I can say this, you know, you were inside AT&T, I'm inside the PR industry. I know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's not the case anymore. You know, like right. I know the interaction that you have with journalists on these platforms no longer is no longer what it was just a couple of years ago even. Um, and, you know, the worst thing that can happen to any corporate, any corporatist uh, uh, structure, and that includes government, corporations, you know, go down the list. The worst thing that can happen is that journalists, people who write for the news, have a platform of their own. And that's effectively what they had, you know. And, and so for him to want to kill it because he doesn't want people ripping on yeah. him. Yeah, well, I, I mean, can this, believe it. This, yeah, this, and this is a war that's been that actually been in progress for quite some time. Because sure. um, journalists did used to have a platform of their own. It was called Local News. Yeah, right, which died because of the Internet. Yes. And, yeah, no, totally. Well, and, and, like, like, and because big news outlets have been actually, you know, trying to kill it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah Intentionally. I right. And I, and I don't think people understand. It's like, no, there is no danger to free speech. There is a danger to journalism. There is a danger to the news, to yep. the truth. Yep. That's what's threatened, not free speech. No one gives a rat's fucking ass. You know, <laughs> I mean, the shit that you and I can say behind these mics all the time, like free speech isn't in danger for nothing. No. Okay. The only thing that ever gets taken down is because, ooh, dear, I use John Williams music somewhere or something like that. Like, no way. It's free speech isn't the issue. What is getting killed off is the truth. And yeah, I think that Elon, that is, was part of his plan. Oh, sure. Um, for sure. And, you know, I, I just, I think there's a fair argument to be made that, he wanted, he wants a WeChat style app. He wants that super app that everybody uses, you know, and that everything kind of gets built off of. And he bought a user base of a few hundred million people when he bought Twitter. Um, so anyway, <laughs> all these people want to circumvent ISPs, that's for sure. Uh, and <laughs> Yeah, whether it's going through the telcos or what, you know, and, and of course, you know, Elon, what else does he happen to own? Oh, he happens to own Starlink. He has his own internet um, that he can u even use to weaponize against nation states. Uh, and has. And has, right. So, anyway, <laughs> what does all this have to do with Star Wars? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, Are we talking about the Reagan Star Wars? Or the... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it actually has a lot to do with Star Wars when we're talking about the defense program. Yes. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, he opened up GPS satellites. Uh, so, all right, anyway, what does this have to do with Star Wars? Uh, streaming services are not tenable. The future of Star Wars is very much open to, you know, I, I, I think it's it, it's tenuous. I, I, yeah. I think, honestly, it's very tenuous. As good as this was, uh, I don't think it's saving Star Wars. I don't think it's getting a bunch of people to subscribe to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I don't um, think it's ruining Star Wars either. No, it's not ruining. You know, you're, and that's, hey, that's a win. Yeah. <laughs> because there's been a lot right. of Star Wars that's come out that has ruined Star Wars. Because if the but, worst thing that happens is that we get another Dark Age in Star Wars, yeah, I, fine. You know, yeah, right. it, it didn't kill Star Wars before. Yep. And we got out of it from after, you know, that ending. Yeah, right. was the greatest moments in Star Wars history. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we'll... The future is going to tell, but we have the acolyte coming up. Um, but skeleton crew, skeleton crew as well. Yeah, that are pretty much finished. And but beyond that, we're we're honestly we're waiting years on anything else as far as live action and even I suppose animated. Uh, so the place to look would be I guess the novels and comics. Um, but admittedly, in my own opinion, a lot of those haven't been the greatest. 
lately. Some have been great. I wouldn't know. I haven't been following. You're right. Well, I don't blame you. So, uh, I don't know. I, Although I, I did see they announced a new novel having to do with the uh, the Inquisitor, the Jedi becoming Inquisitors, which does look interesting. Oh, Red Blade? Yeah. Oh, the, the, that novel, actually, that novel's great. I read it. It's already come out. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. yeah I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, to buying that once I get another credit on yep. uh, Audible. No, it's, it's a great read because it, it trashes the Jedi. Just nice. trashes them. Yeah, that's and the impression it, that I got. Right. I was and, like, yes. In an we accurate need way. This, yeah. We need this perspective. Yeah, I mean, the ending... I mean, it's not a perfect book, but it's a very good book for the for the the exploration of the character of. Um, oh, I keep forgetting her name. It, it sounds like a mix between Judas Iscariot and Icarus, and I think that's on purpose. Uh, her, her, <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I think they they did that as mm. anyway. It it, it kind of gives you a glimpse into what is the path of this character. Um, but that oh, it's a very grown up book. Like, it talks a lot about mental yeah. health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I mean, it is, it, I mean, if it's on par with you know like Dooku Jedi Lost, it, that's that's great. We need more of that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I I I think it is. Um, yeah, I I really really enjoyed that book. And again, its arguments against the Jedi are the same arguments that like Beresofi and which Beres, was right. Beresofi was right. Hashtag uh, and and you know and Ahsoka would have. Um, she just this character goes in a different direction uh, and. And it, and it works. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and, and I'm surprised because it was written by Delilah S. Dawson, I think, who I have not been super impressed with as an as an author. Uh, she wrote the Ahsoka book. Um, yeah, which was eh. it was in. Eh. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. All, all of her work has been eh. and yeah. So I was surprised that this was that good. But regardless, um, so definitely something to check out as far as recent stuff that has come out. But a lot of a lot of the extraneous Star Wars material. I've not been super impressed with. For a little while there, I was way, really impressed with it. I love what they're doing with uh, with um, uh, Crimson Dawn and some other things. But we'll see. This might be the area that Disney has to focus on for the next couple of years because they don't have any other choice. Yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting to see with how they, you know, feed us with the content that they do have finished. Right. You know, are they going to delay Skeleton Crew or the Acolyte in order to, you know, prolong? Oh, just to have... They're, they're gonna kind of tease it out like manna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I hear that. Uh, maybe we'll see. Um, but I'll admit I'm super excited for Acolyte. Like I, I'm digging a show about the dark side. I'm 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 there for it. Yeah, um, yeah. But we'll, we'll we'll see. I know yeah, there we'll have see. been some concerning comments from the creators. Uh, well, there's been concerning comments from the beginning because I mean there was you know a lot of whispers from the start that this was kind of Kathleen Kennedy's you know pet project mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. people have you know very negative opinions about her obviously yeah yeah, um, yeah. i've not necessarily always shared them i get it I, I i i think you're placing the blame on the wrong person again but i understand yeah yeah i mean don't look at Iger. i mean or sorry did i say that out loud <laughs> all right all right last very quick last question do you think the james mangold movie is going to happen Ooh, the um, the Prime Jedi movie. Yeah, or yeah, like the Dawn of the Jedi. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. I hope it does. You hope it still does. Do you yeah, think it's still I, gonna I, happen? I I've thought that Star Wars has needed that for quite a while now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I've heard other commentators say this that basically what Star Wars needs to do is although like, if they're not going to tie it in with what Filoni's doing, then don't waste your time. Yeah, but they might be setting that up with Peridia. Like right, that, that's that, what that I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, is if they if they tie it in with you know. If the storage group does its fucking job, yeah, right. 
then then I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they need to, and not High Republic, they need to pick an no, era very far no. away, either far away in the past or super far away in the future. Take yeah. your pick yeah. and then just do that. Yeah, and no, do, do I, 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 I want Dawn of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. like the comics that Dark Horse did yeah. back in the day. And even those weren't perfect, but they were still awesome. Yeah, they had their problems, but it was it was still good. Yeah, um, yeah, it, 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 it added positively to the lore of the Jedi. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I even, you know, I have my own ideas about that. I've showed Brian. I'm still not yes. done with it. Yep. I, it's good shit. I'll tell people there's, that. There's, yeah, there's so much you could do. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and I do, I really do feel that, that Filoni is moving in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think we're getting set up for a Dawn of the Jedi story just by going to Peridia. Yes. Uh, as well as, and we didn't get into this, but that's fine. We'll, we'll let, We'll see what happens in the future, including some allusions to the Zepho. Not just allusions, right. but direct reference, perhaps. Yes, yes. To the Zepho, um, you know, within Ahsoka itself. Uh, so, which, which is amazing if you think about it. Like, I'm really curious who came up with the, who was the genesis of the idea of the Zepho? Oh, I'm wondering if Filoni walked Ex- into exactly. Yeah, yes, I think he 100%. could have walked into EA and said, and, and, "This is how you're going to do and it." Which, and which, and which, if that was the case, then you know that is like the most brilliant, masterful, long game plan, right? I've ever seen. Yeah. In any franchise ever. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm with you on that, and we know Filoni pays attention to the games. Why? Because he references thirteen thirteen well, all the time. Right. He's a nerd like us. He plays the fucking games. Well, yeah. I mean, Dark Troopers are a core yeah, part of right. all of his content. Yes. What is that from? It's Dark Forces. Yep. So yep. I mean, Kanan Jarrus is Kyle Katarn. I'm sorry, but he is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, so, well, okay. Um, we're we're going to see what happens, how this all shakes out. Uh, and and it w- it's going to be amazing if the Zepho become, a, really become a thing. Um, I mean, they're already canon, but like if they really become a major part of the story or if that becomes part of the Dawn of the Jedi, I don't know. Um, so really, like I'm feeling pretty good about Star Wars right now. I'm just not sure about what the future for it looks like as yeah. far as things getting made. Not so right, much the quality. Right, and I'm, I would say I'm concerned but not worried, okay. if that makes any sense. Yeah, because someone will pick up the baton. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I'd like even even if, like I said, even if this leads to another dark age in Star Wars, yeah. that just means the fandom takes repossesses Star Wars. Yes. Like yeah. we had in the past. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and and the and the folks writing the RPG books get to go back to doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, right on. Which right would on. be amazing. Yep. I agree. I agree. All right. So we're we're leaving with a uh, small glimmer of the word we don't ever want to say nor does Dr. Shelley Afra ever want to hear hope. Uh, <laughs> we're leaving with just a little bit on that and that's certainly what i think ahsoka left us uh with it's just a little bit of hope that wow good shit's on the way but we'll see yeah so we'll wrap this one up rob uh, again always a pleasure and it was great to do it you know just inspired by the the museum of antiquities and oddities uh, <laughs> that is your home uh, so uh we'll wrap this one up and we will see all of you woo, on the other side